Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, January 5th, 526 a.m. Central Time. Uh, row crop markets just slightly lower this morning. The wheat market is higher. Uh, Brian Split is here. Mackenzie is here, guys. Good morning. Let's start off with this uh, wheat rally that happened yesterday. So Thursday's wheat rally can be attributed to rumors of Chinese buying. The rumor mill indicates that China is interested in more SRW wheat of U.S. origin. For the current marketing year, China has already purchased nearly 2 million metric tons of U.S. SRW wheat, likely due to quality issues in its own crop. Due to already reported Chinese purchases, the pace of U.S. wheat export sales is now running ahead of last year's pace, but is still the second worst in 10 years. So, Brian, uh, wheat only rallies on one of two things, either a Black Sea headline or rumors of Chinese buying. Do you see it any differently than that? No, and, and actually the Black Sea rumors have had less impact, and uh, it's really been more about uh, the demand side of things that's been able to bounce yeah. this thing recently. Uh, when you have that chart pulled up, uh, good use of the channel, by the way. Uh, that would, would be how I would look at it. You've got yeah. those two distinct highs that came first, so you drew the channel off of that low, and it came right to yesterday's low. That means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, and that was also a 62% retracement of that previous rally was right at that low that we scored and came off of that nicely. So good technical point to recover from. Um, China buying U.S. wheat is not totally unprecedented. It doesn't happen super often, though. Uh, during the 2021 marketing year, they bought about 3.5 million metric tons. 13-14, uh, they bought just over 4 million. So it, it uh, does happen. It doesn't happen every year, but uh, it's it's good to see. And again, these are rumors, not confirmed. Uh, ideally, we'll see some flash sales today or early next week to confirm this and hopefully see some follow through buying. USDA will release a number of reports next Friday. Releases slated for January 12th include quarterly grain stocks, monthly crop production and WASDI and winter wheat seedings. The January, the January report is often a market mover and has been associated with trend changes in the past. The final 2023 U.S. corn and soybean production numbers are included in the report. Traders will watch the U.S. numbers in addition to any changes in the South American production estimates. I think most of the, the chatter that I've heard, Brian, revolves around the Brazil soybean number in particular. I don't think personally, though, that that's going to be the market mover. I think the trade the trade knows that USDA is coming down, and they probably know that USDA is going to slow play it to some extent. Like USDA is not going to come down to 151 the way that uh, some of the private entities have done. If there's going to be a surprise next week, my thought would be that it's going to be something on the domestic front. They're going to change acreage for last year. They're going to change yield for last year. Uh, maybe something on the demand side. I mean, I don't have any strong reason to believe one way or the other that acres are, or um, yields from last year are going up or down, but it, it happens and it happens more often than uh, you would think. Yeah, I think um, when you see how the USDA really slow played the uh, Argentine drought uh, a year ago, uh, the, the private as estimates were going down much faster, and I think it'll be the case with Brazil. Um, and just so we can kind of understand, if you think back to the September quarterly stock report, that was the amount of uh, crop from the previous year that is going to be carried into this crop year. And so you're going to take that number, you're going to have the final production number for this year. 
Um, and so the quarterly stocks number for this year is going to imply what the first quarter demand is. You're going to see that show up in the balance sheet. So I think you could see maybe a little bit better first quarter implied demand. Uh, maybe you could see a little bit of a, a slightly friendly uh, production number by way of a, a revision lower in yield, which um, we've seen uh, some revisions higher in yield as we've gotten into late fall. So that would be a bit of a surprise to the market, I think. And uh, if we saw something, a combination of that, where maybe the corn carryout number was uh, at 2 billion bushels or below, I think that would spark some some short covering from the funds. Yeah, I've actually got some good demand news to talk about here. Uh, two stories from now, but let's jump to Brazil. A weather pattern continues to emerge in Brazil. Rain fell across Mato Grosso and other key soybean areas, other key soybean areas again overnight and into this morning. The forecast offers daily rainfall during the next 10 days. Some areas of northern Brazil could become too wet following an abnormally dry period from September through December. Rain is slated to return to southern Brazil during the five to 10 day period. I have heard the talk that some of these areas, it could be like too much rain almost, but that's not going to impact the market. When it comes to the market, this is very simple. Uh, Brazil turned wetter and, and turned toward a more seasonal uh, pattern of, of just normal rainfall. And that's why the soybean market has been off, I believe. I agree. I think uh, it was so dry for so long uh, that this rain uh, is perceived and is being priced in as a bearish event, and, and I don't doubt that it is in the short term. Uh, we had uh, Eric Snodgrass on our webinar earlier this week, and his concern is what you had said, that it's going mm -hmm. to be too wet to the point where the rainfall is maybe double the type of, of, of normal rainfall that we could see. Um, and so as we get into maybe late January into February, if that is still the case, that's going to be harvest delays, that's going to be... Uh, you know, this bean crop uh, sitting in wet feet, which, you know, anecdotally the bean market doesn't or the bean crop does not like and uh, harvest delays and maybe some quality concerns as we get later into the month could be something that uh, could provide some support. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I just don't think that's a today story. Right. I think the today story is that it's raining in Mato Grosso. The, the maps are as as wet as they've been throughout this cycle and if there is going to be some impact from too much rain it's going to be something that you probably see down the road u.s ethanol production declined last week weekly output of 1.05 million barrels decreased 5.2 percent on the week but increased nine percent versus the same week last year ethanol stocks were pegged at 23.6 million barrels the print was up marginally compared to the previous week but down 4.3 percent compared to the same week last year implied gasoline demand was down 13 percent compared to the previous week and 15 percent versus the same week last year on average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is up marginally versus the same period last year. Okay, I, say, I said I had some good demand news. Here's the good demand news. The pace of U.S. ethanol production for this current marketing year is running like 5 to 6% ahead of where we were last year. USDA, however, is only projecting that demand via ethanol is going to increase by 2.9%. So if the trend continues, let's say we end up 5% above last year. That's an extra 110 million bushels of demand on the balance sheet from ethanol. Now, the marketing year is far from over and things can change, but I think that that's um, a good thing potentially. I don't know if USDA makes any sort of adjustment to ethanol in January. They may wait a month or two to see if the trend continues, but it looks good. The one thing that scares me is that the margins have declined and ethanol prices continue to decline. We had the same chart last week of uh, Platt's futures and they were at like $1.65 and now we're down to $1.56. I know corn prices have leaked too, but 
Brian, there's a lot of corn out there, and it's going to get used. There is, um, and it needs to be used. And so this uh, ethanol has been, you know, really the the continued bright spot for corn demand. Yep. Uh, when I just see production uh, higher year over year, but stocks are, are lower year over year, just those two things together uh, make me feel like that's going to continue to be a good uh, thing to look at. And, and maybe the USDA does do, do some pace analysis and uh, use that ethanol category as a way to reduce the, uh, the, the uh, old crop stocks. And make no mistake, I mean, pretty much across the board, well, at least exports have improved in corn and ethanol production has improved. So, I mean, low prices do result in additional demand. It may take a while to cure the low prices, as they say, but I mean, it's we're in the process of doing that. It could just be a, a process that takes a while. Reduced fuel demand and increased fuel inventories caused oil prices to drop on Thursday. WTI crude lost 0.7% to close at 72.19 per barrel. Gasoline stocks rose by 10.9 million barrels to 237 million million barrels last week, the highest week-over-week increase in more than 30 years. Distillate stocks increased to 10.1 million barrels to 125.8 million barrels. The increase in fuel stocks overshadowed a drop in crude inventories of 5.5 million barrels. Shipping disruptions in the Red Sea have caused refiners and buyers of crude oil to turn to the U.S., rather than sail around uh, the Horn of Africa. All this geopolitical news and crew just like can't hold a rally. Um, it looks like a bear market to me, Brian. It is. Um, and and there's a lot of commodities that are in bear markets. And I would actually say more so are in a bear market than are in a bull market at this point. Here's uh, the Bloomberg Commodity Index, which has been, it's been soft since like, um, I don't know, August. And I guess bigger picture, maybe more sideways for the last I don't know, better part of a year. There's just not a lot of enthusiasm for commodity markets as a sector right now. And if you look at Fed policy, I mean, I think that bottom line is what is driving uh, the money flow right now. And, and Fed policy has been to rein in inflation. Uh, and that means bringing commodity values off their highs and uh, pushing them to lower values. What do you think it would take to see some renewed enthusiasm for the sector as a whole? We know that things like weather and, and supply and demand, of course, are going to, you know, they could rally the grain markets in a vacuum. But to see a return to just generally higher commodity prices, do you need do you need like fear of a reinflation event? Do you need a geopolitical blow up? I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, a geopolitical blow up could be something uh, that that could do it. Maybe a, a, a major move in the U.S. dollar. Uh, seems like the dollar index was trending higher early in the year. Uh, it's been trending lower after making those peaks. And uh, the, the dollar currently is in a downward trending channel. Um, we just had a recent failure at the upper end of that channel. So I think we could see another leg lower in the dollar here short term. And if we see that early in the year, that could bring in some uh, some short term commodity interest from the funds. Yeah, for sure. The U.S. labor market remains strong even as the need for workers is declining. During the last week of 2023, the number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits fell to 202,000, the lowest since mid-October. Economists were anticipating jobless claims to total 219,000. Even though hiring has slowed, new jobless claims are historically low. The December jobs report will be released here this morning at 7.30 Central Time. Non-farm payrolls are projected to increase by 170,000, and unemployment is estimated to rise to 3.8%, up from 3.7% in November. Critique my work on this chart, Brian. Fair? 
Is that a fa- is that a fair analysis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a major major event. Um, you know, and this just goes back to the idea: Are we um, creating jobs? Are we just getting jobs back? Uh, that that event that we had with COVID, there was a, a a very short period of time where we had a lot of people lose their jobs, and and they've entered back to the workforce. Uh, and I think just these jobless numbers that we're seeing is a part of the overall uh, belief that the economy is actually running pretty, pretty darn good right now. There's a lot of recession people out there. And I think like you don't need to overcomplicate this. If unemployment's below 4%, it's really really difficult to have a recession. Uh, what did cattle do yesterday? Cattle futures softened on Thursday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of $1.08 lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of $0.44 cents lower. Box beef continued its downward trend ye- trend yesterday. Choice ended the day at two seventy five ninety. That was down two thirteen. And select ended the day at two fifty eight eighty two. That was down $0.03. Cents. I did not throw a cattle chart in this morning. But Brian, the cattle charts, um, just in general, the action first part of the calendar year look um, quite a bit better, I would say. Yeah, I, I think it's evident that the lows made in December were some very strong lows. Uh, in the short term, we've been kind of trading a little bit sideways for the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're in a little bit of a, a trending channel. I think we could pull back a little bit. Uh, I think actually there's going to be a good buying opportunity. The market will pull back a little bit further, uh, and I'm looking for some uh, some gains as we get into late part of the first quarter of 2024. No trade wrecks here, guys. Just ideas. Uh, outside markets on Friday, U.S. dollars up a little bit. Stocks are off. Crude oil is up 41 cents in the February WTI at 72.60. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Monday.